Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, today we are supposed to talk about divine nature, image, and likeness. Um, last week we looked at who we are in Christ Jesus. And we looked at a variety of New Testament scripture to establish our identity as new creation in Christ Jesus. This week, um, we're looking at the divine nature and we're looking at it from the angle of image and likeness. So because of that, I'm going to tell the story of the origin. Right? And I'm going to help you. Um, I want to tell you the full story of scripture today. Alright? So today, I may not read a whole lot of New Testament scriptures because we did that last week when we were establishing and looking at who we are in Christ Jesus. But today I want to tell you the background story of the divine nature, you know, and that's why we are, you know, the title of today's uh, workshop or Bible study is Divine Nature, Image and Likeness. And you can already tell <laughs> where my key scripture would be, Genesis chapter 1, right? I want to read something to us that Pastor Dami said last week. Um, when Pastor Obsaya was done preaching, then he came up and said a few things. One of the things that he said, you know, and that I've written here, he said the purpose of divine nature primarily is not for superior engagement in the natural. So what he, what he meant by that is that, you know, a, a lot of times when we talk, when people talk about, or when they teach about who we are in Christ Jesus, is to, they talk about it from the angle of the advantage it gives us in this life, right? Um, we are, we are new creation in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we are kings and priests. <laughs> and then he told you the story of the children of the kings that went to jail for, for breaking the law, right? But people often relate it to um, advantage in the natural. Therefore, I can't be broke. True. Therefore, I can't be sick, right? Therefore, I have favor. I, you know, I get things that I need or that I want. Um, therefore, I'm not afraid of anybody or of disaster or things. And there is a, there's absolute truth in the word of God to those things, all right? But that's not the primary purpose that's like the secondary or the jara or the addition of it. That's not the main reason for us to recover our identity in Christ Jesus. So it went further to say that it does find expression here. That is our identity in Christ. Our uh, knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Recovering our the, the, the sense of identity of who we are in Christ Jesus. It does find expression here. Right? It said but primarily... The more we understand who we are in Christ, the more we are at home in the divine order. Remember I said that. He said the more we understand who we are in Christ Jesus, the more we are at home in the divine order. So he said the purpose of the sheepified lion. You remember the story of the sheepified lion? A lion that was growing up among sheep and he didn't realize that it was a lion and it was eating grass and running away from other lions just like the sheep. So he said the purpose of the sheepified lion discovering himself was not to continue to live among the sheep as a lion, right? No, it is to find the lion company and then live the life, right? He now said that knowing who we are deals with two critical things. He said one, it deals with origin 
And two, it deals with value system. Because where you are from is where your value system will stem from. That's where you hear people saying, in our place, where we are from, we do this. We don't do the other thing, right? So, you know, just think about that analogy of uh, the shipified lion that when he discovered himself, his purpose was not to now live as a glorified sheep, to now be terrorizing the lions. That's not the purpose of discovering himself as a lion. The purpose of discovering himself as a lion was so that he can leave the sheep company, go to the lion company, and learn to live the life of the lion. So, if we are new creation in Christ Jesus, as we learned last week, and our who we are is not we are not um our citizenship is not of the earth philippians 3 20 it says our citizenship is not from here it is from heaven so if our hurry if our origin is heaven if our citizenship is from heaven if we are new creation in christ jesus then we should find that place where we came from and live the life of that place primarily then that's the is not to continue to stay here and manifest shipified lion here and and, and terrorize uh the people here and not no no and have advantage here so it will translate to advantage here because you are a superior human being but primarily that is not the purpose right okay so let's go to genesis 1 i want all of us to follow as we read you need to follow yeah right in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. God called the light day. And, call, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 6. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the heavens, from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. Verse 8, and God called the firmament heaven. Did we read together just now in verse 1 that in the beginning God created what? The heavens and the earth. What's that one he created in verse 8? What, is, what did he call firmament? He called firmament heaven. But there's one heaven in verse 1. Now there's another heaven in verse 8. Right? Verse 8, and God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land what? Excuse me, what is in Genesis 1-2? The earth? Which one was this one? Earth. So you see one earth in Genesis 1-2. One, one, and two, you see another earth here. Here, the land is called earth. In Genesis 1 and 2, there's something, something that is also called earth. 
what is that thing that is dark and void and without form because it's not this one this one was created in verse 10 so what is that one what is that heaven in genesis chapter 1 because we see another one created called firmaments that separated waters from waters in verse 8 all right let's keep reading and god called the dry land earth i'm going somewhere then god said let the earth bring forth grass and the herb that yields seed and the fruit that yields that yields fruits according to its kinds whose seed is in itself on the earth and it was so and the earth brought forth grass the herb that yields seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind god saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the third day 14 then god said let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night hello what happened in verse 3 which one is this one let there be lights in the firmaments of the heavens that first light was not in the firmament because firmament was not created at that time let there be light in the firmament of heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for the signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be lights in the firmaments of the heavens to give light to the earth and it was so then god made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser night light to rule the night made the stars also set them in the firmaments of the heaven to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from darkness and god saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the fourth day so after this the earth began to bring forth animals uh first of all uh, uh, fish in the sea animals on the ground and then verse 26 then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own image and in the image of god he created him male and female he created them then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth subdue it have dominion over fish of the sea over the birds of the air over every living thing that moves on the earth and god said see i have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be food now let's quickly go to chapter 2 chapter 2 and let's start from verse 4 it says this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the lord god made the earth and the heavens before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown for the lord god had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground and the lord god formed man excuse me 
What happened in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26? God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became what? A living being. Man that was created in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, was he alive? Do you think that man was alive? See what Bible says here. It said God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. The man in, that was created in Genesis chapter 1, was he alive? Yes, why? God spoke to him. Then he spoke to him again later. He says, see, I've given you food and all that. God spoke to him. God spoke to him like three times. And God said to the man. And God said to him. Now, let me ask you a question. An entity, man or otherwise, that is dead, can that entity be in communion with God? Is it possible? Is it possible? What is life according to scripture? John chapter 17 verse 3. This is life. Eternal, because there are different kinds of life, right? There is biological life. Biological life is even in different levels. There's Amoeba. They tell you that Amoeba is alive. Even though Amoeba cannot see, cannot, right? And there's, the, there's, there's plant life and there's animal life. Even within biological life, there are different strata of life. This is Zoe. This is life eternal. This is life. The definition of life. John chapter 17 verse 3. Who can read it for me please? And this is eternal life. That they may know who? You. Who the, you? The only true God. The only true God. So the knowledge of God is life. This man that was talking to God. I believe that he was talking to God because he... How do you talk to someone? How do you have a relationship with someone without the knowledge of the person? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? God spoke to Adam. Or, I said Adam. Not, Adam was not the man. Sorry. Adam was not that man. God spoke to the man of Genesis chapter 1 because that man knew God. Hello? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That man could the person that was created in genesis 1 could relate with god because that one knew god so that one was alive all right the point i'm trying to make to you is that you know i've been drawing parallels for you you see in genesis chapter 1 from like verse 1 to 6 there's one heaven and earth there then all of a sudden from verse 6 another heaven and earth appears did you see that then you see one light in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 to 5. Then all of a sudden from verse 13 to 15 another kind of light appears. And light and darkness, right? And then in the same vein in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 downwards you see a man appear. And then all of a sudden in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 you see another one appear. Now, when the church, the church normally thinks in terms of two types of people on earth they will say the saved and the lost right is that not how we normally categorize all human beings on earth there's the saved there's the, the lost when you come to scriptural understanding is not the saved and the lost is the heavenly and the earthly those are the two types of men that exist the heavenly and the earthly one group is heavenly minded and I don't mean earthly useless. 
right? You know, because there's that thing where people are so heavily minded. In, in the sense that they are heavenly minded, they are heavenly minded as a geographical location. And I, and I read those scriptures that I read to explain to you, and I will explain to you that heaven is not first of all a geographical location. Alright? So, it's about the heavenly man and the earthly man. Or woman, right? One group is heavenly minded. They live in the consciousness of the realm of heaven. The other group is earthly minded and they dwell in the earth realm. Complete, complete, fully and thoroughly and truly. Right, okay? A child of God can be earthly minded, right? Is called a carnal Christian or a Christian who has a carnal mind. Can be earthly minded. So those are the two, if you look at scripture, those are the two main distinctions. It's not saved versus lost. It's heavenly versus earthly. Now, I was saying that the heaven is not a geographical location. Mainly, first of all, it is not a geographical location. It became a geographical location in verse 6 where firmament appeared. That's where there's a typology of heaven as a place. You say heavens, the beds of the heavens, right? Aha. And there is the geographical location of the earth, the land that appeared when the waters were moved back. So you saw one heaven in Genesis chapter 1. You saw another one in Genesis chapter 1 verse 6. You saw one earth in Genesis 1 2. You saw another one in Genesis 1 8. One, so the ones that are appearing later are physical manifestations of spiritual realities. And it's the same thing with man. Do you understand what I just said? It's very important. You see those ones that are appearing later, they are physical manifestations of spiritual of spiritual realities and there's a reason why all right there's a reason why revelation chapter 4 verse 1 to 2 after this i look yes and behold the door was open in heaven yes and the first voice which i heard was was as it were of a trumpet talking to me yes and said come up hither yes and i will show the things which must be hereafter yes and immediately i was in the spirit thank you my brother he said, immediately I was where? In the spirit. This said, immediately one ladder came, and I climbed the ladder. And Because the voice said, come where? Up either. He said, come up either. So, immediately that voice came, then ladder descended. Is that so? No. Immediately where was John? In, In the, the spirit. spirit. That tells you that heaven is not primarily a geographical location. Heaven is a spiritual experience. Heaven is the realm of God, where God dwells. It's not, it's not, it's not mansion. My father's house, there are many mansions there. They've bastardized our thinking, George. It's not mansion. It's the realm of the life of God. It's the realm of unseen spiritual realities. It's the realm of God. It's a spiritual state. It's a spiritual experience. It's not, it's not a place where we are going. Now, the earth is the temporal world or the temporal physical experience where everything will pass away. That's the earth, right? Now, you will notice in scripture that heaven and earth always go together. 
right? Heaven and earth always go together in scripture. You will read about thy kingdom come. Start know how Jesus taught them to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. Another scripture will say, heaven and earth shall pass away. But none of my words will pass away. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. And I looked, behold, a new heaven and a new earth. Heaven and earth always, 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 always go together in scripture. Every time you see heaven, you see earth. Every time you see heaven, you see earth. What does that tell you? Heaven and earth function together. Earth can't function without heaven. Heaven is the superior, perfect dimension, like I said, where God dwells and all the realities of life. That's where it comes from. That one, did you read in your Bible that and in the beginning the earth was, the heaven was void and it was dark and, and they are forming things. You read it like that. Have you read in scripture before anywhere where they are repairing heaven? It said thy will be done on the earth as it is done where? In heaven. So heaven is that perfect realm of God, of life. That one is the one that rules the earth. They must always go together. Any earth without its heaven is out of orbit. Its form is void, dark, formless. It needs intervention. Right? Another thing I want you to note is the, the Hebrew translation of the first light means to be. And that, you know, that, uh, I don't know how to pronounce Hebrew words, so I'm not going to bore you with Greek and Hebrew. But I'm just going to tell you that the root word, you can check it, right? But I found it not to mean the same thing. The first one means to be, and it suggests making something visible, which is, in essence, the, um, the essence of any kind of light, right? The essence of any kind of light is to make something to be visible right but you know the the this one is not attached to days it's not attached to nights it's not attached to seasons you know like the other one that is um in charge of the climates and and the seasons of the earth and this one reminds me of the scripture that says that the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. This one speaks to me of understanding or illumination. This one, like I said, these things are spiritual. Bible says first the spiritual, then the natural. These things are spiritual before you find like the physical manifestation of it. Later in that Genesis 1. You remember the scripture where Jesus, they were looking for Jesus to kill Jesus. And then, you know, somehow they left that place. And then I think somebody was sick or something. And Jesus wanted to go back. Was it Lazarus that was sick? Jesus wanted to go back there. And then his disciples said, ah, ah, master, we can't go to that place. So that place, they wanted to kill you just a few days ago. You know what Jesus said? He said, are there not 12 hours in a day? He that walketh in the daylight shall not stumble. 
Because it has the light of life. Where? He didn't say, he that walketh in the daylight shall not stumble because the sun is shining. That's what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, oh, uh, there are 12 hours in a day, so therefore, as the sun is shining now, that's the implication of the 12 hours that are in a day. He said, there are there not 12 hours in a day. He that walketh in the daylight shall not stumble because he has the light in him. What light is he talking about? So, this is my understanding. Genesis 1, 1 to 6 is a picture of the spiritual. Genesis 1 and 2, you will see first the spiritual, then the natural. It's the same way all the way to Genesis, the end of Genesis chapter 2. Because even Eve had been created in Genesis chapter 1 and she was alive. But she was not Eve. That wasn't Eve actually. The physical manifestation of what was created is Eve. What was created in Genesis 1.26 was not Eve. Alright? So, what I'm trying to say is that the things that we see in the natural, the physical dimensions, all of them, they have their heavens. They have their spiritual parallels that inform the natural. Okay? And it is very important for man to understand that he came from the spiritual. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 22. There's something that Solomon said there that is very important. In the beginning I was there. This, was, this is wisdom. In the beginning I was there. For God possessed me even before he created the universe. Let it be sinking in. That's where you came from. Before the universe was created. So before, before things started appearing physically. That is the source that you came from. Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? Before things started appearing physically, the source, the, the, the crucible from which you were born is that, that mysterious thing that your mind now is struggling to even cope with. That's where you came from. Everything you see in the natural has an heaven. Has a spiritual dimension. That they must be in alignment or it must correlate. If it doesn't, if, if the thing is not flowing together, you will see the earth formless, void. The, the, the earth of that thing will become formless, void, dark, and it will need intervention of light. Okay? Now I am going somewhere. I want to tell you a parable of life that will help you to understand a little bit more of what I am trying to say. Let's read Daniel chapter 4. I want to read about one man called Nebuchadnezzar. Before I start reading the his whole story, let me just quickly read something to you in Daniel chapter 4 verse 26. Inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that what does that explain what i've just said that heaven rules the earth every earth has its heaven heaven rules heaven is the perfect place it doesn't ever void it doesn't ever it doesn't ever dark heaven rules let me let me give you a little background refresh you a little bit it's a bible story that i'm sure that all of you grew up with so there was this powerful king it was the king of the earth 
You know Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the earth. His kingdom stretched 120 provinces, covered the whole known earth at the time. There was no known kingdom of earth anywhere where people were known to be living. Nebuchadnezzar was their king. So Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the earth. And then Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He woke up from that dream. He was so troubled, you know, and uh, he was looking for interpretation for the dream. At last, it was, uh, it was introduced to Daniel. And Daniel said that even this dream, when Daniel, <laughs> when, when Daniel by revelation, you know, got to know the dream and its interpretation, even Daniel was very, Daniel was very troubled. Daniel said, ah, this, king, this dream, oh, the interpretation, let it be to you and to your enemies. In that dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw a tree, a very big tree. That tree, the roots of the tree was throughout the whole earth. It was such an enormous tree. The, the, the leaves were, and the boughs of the tree, it was endless. It was so big, covered the whole earth. And all the animals, you know, were feeding under it, had shade under it and all of that. And all of a sudden, the tree was cut down. So now this is the interpretation of the dream. Verse 20. Daniel said, the tree you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to where? To the heavens, which could be seen by all the earth. This was the Nebuchadnezzar tree. Remember, I said, I'm telling you a parable. So follow me carefully. This tree reached to the heaven, right? And could be seen by all the earth. The leaves were lovely, fruits abundant, in it was food for all. Under which the beasts of the field dwell, in whose branches the beds of the heavens are their home. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. For your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens and your dominion to the whole earth. When I was reading this scripture, it was reminding me of the man of Genesis chapter 1. The man of Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, have dominion. This tree that the branches reached the heaven but could be seen on earth was reminding me of that man of Genesis chapter whose origin was from of old that cannot be fathomed before the universe was created. Who was in heaven? but is on the earth and is fruitful and has dominion and is the king of the earth. This tree was reminding me of that Genesis 1 man, right? It is you, O king, who have grown, become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens, your dominion to the hands of the earth. Inasmuch as the king was a watch, inasmuch as the king saw a watcher, a holy one coming from where? Heaven. And saying, chop down the tree and destroy it and leave its stump and its root in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven. Let him graze with the beasts of the field to seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. This is the decree of the Most High, who has come upon the Lord the King. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. When I was reading this, it was reminding me of the second man in Genesis chapter 2 that was driven out of the garden. They shall drive you 
from men. Your dwelling shall be with beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump of and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that what heaven rules, right? And Daniel advice this king this is my advice to you do gently align stay in order don't do righteousness maybe this thing that is going to uh come upon you maybe it will not come upon you again but it did come upon nebuchadnezzar didn't he now bible says that they cut down that tree they destroyed it but the stump was still in the ground so that tree was reduced to the level of stump or grass. You remember Isaiah chapter 40 verse 6 to 8. What does it say? All flesh is grass. He started eating grass. They reduced him to beasts. Now you know where it comes from. When man says that I'm from evolution, I'm from snake. Can you can you see can you see where 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 insanity is coming from? Are you are you seeing a picture of where where insanity is coming from? When man, when men lose their heavens, when they lose consciousness, when they lose connection with heaven, insanity will set in. They will be reduced to flesh, to grass, to animal, to instinct. What what was the offense of King Nebuchadnezzar? What, what, what did they tell him not to do? What did, he, what did he do wrong? Right? Is this not my kingdom? Is this not Babylon? Whom my hands have made? Let me read what he said to you. Verse 28 of that uh, chapter 4. At the end of 12 months, 29, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke uh, saying, is, this, is not this great Babylon? That I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. What happened to Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar became self-centered. What happened to, the, to Adam in, uh, in Genesis chapter 2? That they cut off his heaven. Heaven didn't go missing. Heaven didn't. Heaven stayed where heaven stayed. It was Adam that was driven out. Right? What happened to him? The same thing that happened to Nebuchadnezzar. He lost God consciousness for self-consciousness. There was. The, the, the spiritual realm is sustained by laws. What set man apart from all the other things in the universe that are sustaining by their own law is that man has a conscious mind. Man can choose, man can rationalize, man can love, man can long, man can seek. And God purposely created man like that because then you are not true family if you don't have, if you can't make a choice about who to love and who not to love. God didn't want robots. Alright? So man could decide to to break his own law the son cannot break his own law 
the way it is rotating on its orbit, it will be rotating like that until the day this heaven and this earth are folded away. It can't break its own law. The rest of the universe, creation, they cannot break their own law. But unfortunately, as soon as we broke ours, everything shifted. Even they now, they are crying. We are the only ones that could break our own. What was our own? Don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eat only of the good. That's how we say, ah, but why? Freedom of expression, freedom of life, freedom of choice. No, that is the world is ruling the world now. And that's why the whole world is having an epidemic of mental health issues. Everybody's depressed now. Everybody, mental health, depression. That's the epidemic that is ruling the world now. Cement it. Because we are out of alignment. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eat of the tree of the knowledge of life. It's the same way. Fish can't break his law. We are the ones that are helping fish to break their law by bringing them out of water. Their law is inside water. That's where they live. The day you bring it out, are you a giant badger? What has gone wrong with man is that we have removed from our own water. We have gone to look for freedom out of our natural habitat, which is heaven. We have cut off our heavens. So the issue of divine image and divine likeness is the issue of, this is you. This, this is your reality. That is the original. You see this one that they gave you is like Nebuchadnezzar. That's the parable I'm trying to show you now. The life that we are living outside of our true image and our true likeness is like Nebuchadnezzar in the beast, in the field. They have removed his senses. They have removed his heavens. Is that not what they said? They say remove his senses from him. Let him be like a madman. Let him be eating grass. Let, let him be growing claws and feathers. We are growing all kinds of things now. We are growing all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases, all kinds of problems. We are manifesting all kinds of madness now. Because image and likeness is lost. It is lost. How do we lose it? We lose it when we flout our laws. When we flout our laws, we lose it. And losing it, the way I've explained to you, you know, for, for it to be simple, is that I said that heaven is first of all a consciousness, right? It's first of, it's a consciousness. It's not a place. It's an experience. It's a life. And you need to know that you are from there. That is your source. You know, that's the first thing I said to you. That the issue of divine image is the issue of your source where you came from. And being at home in that divine realm and living the life of that realm. Right? And I've already told you that the, the foundation of this teaching has been dealt with last week. It's very important, you know, that we recognize that what is happening to us right now is... The analogy that I can draw from it, uh, uh, that I can, that the first few scriptures in Genesis chapter one, where I was explaining to you that that's like the spiritual dimension. The earth being formless, dark, and void is like the consciousness of man. All right? 
you get the analogy now. That's the that when you read about that earth, that is that. Don't first of all think about it in terms of the land, because I showed you that that earth is not land, right? Aha, uh-huh. that earth is not land. The experience of man without God, without light, without understanding, is dark and void and formless. So they had to introduce light or bring heaven to kiss earth for everything to be in alignment again. So then you see the physical dimension of that. When, you know, the light started appearing in the firmament and then they were separating day, separating night and separating. Those are physical dimensions of it. And then you also see how man was alive. How man was Man was created and was alive. It was, was a living being. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. I want to show you something there. Colossians 1. It said in, from verse 13. Sorry, I will back up all the way to 9. Because so that I can have context. It said, for this reason, since the day we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled what? With the knowledge of his will. I meant there was one scripture that we have referred to a lot today. John chapter 17, verse 3. It says, and this is what? Life. This is life eternal. That they may do what? Know you. So being alive is having the knowledge of God. Not knowledge about God. Now, we said that the Genesis 1 man was alive. He had the knowledge of God. That man was, it was a, it was alive, right? He had the knowledge of God. But of course, we know the story how Adam killed that man. <laughs> Adam killed the man, literally, and walked off as a beast, right? Thank God for Christ Jesus. Now, those of us who are born again, eh? In our spirits, in our spirits, that man, I, not not David. You need to understand now. Not Verse. Not Busayo. There is somebody alive in you. And you don't know that person. The only person you know right now is Verse. The only person you know right now is, is Mary's trying to be a Christian. Is Yinka trying to be a child of God. That's, that's the one you know now. You need to know Christ. Right? Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 16, I think. I think 1 Corinthians 6, not 1. 1 Corinthians 6. It says 17. It says, he that is joined to the Lord is one. One spirit. In your spirit, you are the same as Christ. If you want to know about that person that was created that they didn't tell us much, go and look for scriptures that describe Jesus Christ. Say, I want to meet Josephine. Before time, oh, before they wore flesh for her and breathed into her. So the one that didn't need breath of life to live. Ah, oh. There is one you, there is one in car that didn't need breath of life to live. Quickened, alive, that one, that one has been alive since. That one is ancient before the before anything was made. Ephesians chapter 1. That one was created in him before they created anything. 
So they but your destiny passed through here. You understand? There are, there are species of dangerous spirits that their destiny did not pass through it. So they didn't wear flesh for them. They are in heaven. No? There are some things, they call them cherubims. Then they will have eyes inside. They will have eyes, eyes outside. They will have eyes everywhere. What is this? Is this more? Is this beast or something? And then they will have wings. It's covering everywhere. It's, it's over there. You can't even imagine a wotulele. Which, what manifestation is this one again? Because, you know, angel, when they, when they show us angel when we're small, it's having wings. It's very fine. It's very chubby. It's very fat. Very angel, angel. No, you've not seen spirit. If you see spirit, you will faint down. They will buy. You know, so, you are something, they just wore you flesh. You've not met yourself. Right? If you want to meet yourself, go and read what scripture says about Christ. Which is why I keep referring to the message Pastor Busayo preached last, last Wednesday about who we are in Christ Jesus. Go and look for those scriptures. And Pastor, Pastor Dami came and told us some scriptures to go and look for. So that you start finding a bit of introduction to yourself. So Paul was praying, was praying for this church. And he says that since the day we heard about it, heard about your, this church was a church that they were believers, they were growing just like us. He says, when I heard about how you guys are doing well in the faith, I started praying for you to go to the next level. He says that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing what? In the knowledge of God. It's so important to increase in the knowledge of God. Not knowledge about God though is different. Knowledge of God. Knowledge of God is only gotten from knowing God. I don't know how. Knowledge of me. You have to live in my house to have knowledge of me. You have to spend time with me to have knowledge of me. If it's either you know me or you don't know me. If they say tell me about Pastor Tokwa, you can say, oh, she works in this place. She, she has two children. She's married to, you don't know me. You know about me. There is no way to know me than to be with me. The people that know me the most are the people that spend the most time with me. That's the only way to know God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the father. Now, look at this closely. He has qualified us in Christ Jesus. He has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Or he has counted us to be partakers of heaven. In Christ Jesus, we have been harvested from the earth into the heavenly realm. We have, we have woken up to where we came from in Christ Jesus. That it means, that's what it means by saints in the light. You can, heaven is synonymous to light. Earth can be synonymous to darkness. So when you hear heaven, think light. Think understanding. Think the knowledge of God. Think life. When you hear earth, think darkness. Think separation from God. Think death. It wasn't the original design. It is the way it is now. Because of the fall. Before the fall, heaven and earth were supposed to be in sync. That is the reason for the, reason, the way why Jesus now taught us how to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That was the original intention of God. That is the whole purpose of God. 
man was supposed to wear flesh and bring heaven to this place. It, but here is darkness that swallowed man. It's darkness that swallowed man. It says, He has delivered us from what? The power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Meet yourself a little bit. Look at your Bible closely. This is Christ. In you, the hope of glory. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. By him all things were created that are in heaven and are on the earth. Visible and invisible. Whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him. And for him is before all things. In him, all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things, he may have preeminence. This is the last Adam. This is the, that man, that man, this is they say, ah, this is my Lord Jesus Christ. Of course. But as he is, so are we in this world. We all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, we are changed into which image? The same, the very same image. It's not another one. It's not another quality. It's not lower quality. This is it. Jesus, our Lord, came to show us that man that God lost. That man that Adam killed and they drove him. Jesus came to mirror him so that we can become him. This is, this is our true image. This is our true identity. This is our true. Say, Pastor, what must, what must I do? This is life eternal that they may know you, the only true God. The more you know God, the more you meet the real you. The more life is manifest. The more you recover heaven. The more you are you have been delivered from the power of darkness, but it needs, it needs now to be experiential. Your consciousness needs to shift. Waters need to be separated from waters. He said, let firmament appear. Let them separate waters from waters. There are some waters up, there are some waters down. Consciousness now, you have to now know that there is one from here, there is one from the other side. And the one from the other side must rule the one from here. This one from here must no longer drive out that one and subdue that one. What a, now you have lived in confusion. You have modeled it together. Today you are a Christian. Tomorrow you are not. Now you know. They are okay. There are two. Alright? But this original one from above, that's the one. That's the one. That is the one. That is the image. That is the likeness. That is the destiny. That is what we must live. Can we just begin to pray tonight? Can we just begin to trust God like Paul prayed for that church for light?